0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Joe Mays and J. Raff Show, giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and J. Raff.
0: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 166th episode of the Joe Mays and J. Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, alongside of me, co-host J. Raff.
1: Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. We had a little bit of time off to kind of uh, regroup you know, recharge the batteries a little bit, um, and you know, after a successful weekend. Um, but it was—it's good to be back and uh, talk about some of the sports things that have happened. You know, this is kind of that odd time for for our show. Yeah, one of them. You know, we we kind of well, we admit this. We we identify with football a lot, um, pretty much from the end of July, you know, when when training camp pretty starts, much, yeah, straight up through the Super Bowl and kind of post Super Bowl talk. Um, now. To be honest, you know the combine was last week, and you've got you know the draft stuff coming up now because they they pushed the draft back.
0: Well, not they, not, they not pushed like it back year. last year and right. they moved it up like two weeks. It's still not the the third or fourth weekend in April, um, but I think there's an extra weekend in April this year. So right. that's just uh, it's April 30th, May 1st, May 2nd. Whereas last right. year was midday. Which,
1: which is kind of cool because just real quick, I know I don't want, we don't want to get into everything yet, but uh, May 2nd that's Saturday. Is the same night as the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. You have potential for playoff games in hockey and in basketball, basketball. and baseball games. They're like it's a pretty big day, right? <laughs> now they're like we're projecting from pretty far out, but that could be a pretty awesome sports day. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah, which is which is really cool.
0: And the headliner will be day three of the draft. I know for most people it will be Pacquiao Mayweather, but I don't care about boxing at all. I'm happy that fight is happening so we can stop hearing about is it ever going to happen. Because even as a non-boxing fan, like you hear about it all the time. It's always Pacquiao Mayweather, Pacquiao Mayweather. When's it going to happen? They go back and forth, back and forth. And so, yeah, finally that's going to be happening. But apparently May 2nd, pretty good day. (laughs) Who it? When we get text? Yeah, we already got a text saying they
1: hope we uh, we talk about how the Phillies uh, had had a pretty miserable day. Wow. Well, we, we talked about
0: it pre-show. I wasn't really gonna bring it up on the episode just because I don't really want to talk about how terrible That's the Phillies are gonna be. Gonna be. Kind of we'll have a whole episode dedicated to how terrible the Phillies are gonna be.
1: And I'm sure random like checkpoints throughout the summer where where <laughs> will we be. To let's check
0: in and how terrible the Phillies are now.
1: Yeah, it'll be like the weather reports on uh on Family Guy episodes.
0: <laughs> It's going to rain. It's going to rain. <laughs> we ain't got to go runs. <laughs> Swim and hope. So, yeah. Uh, interesting time of the year, just mostly because we're only in baseball spring training. They have hockey going on. That trade deadline is approaching. We have basketball going on. That trade deadline has passed. But um, we're not huge NBA fans, especially when the Sixers are god-awful like they are right now. Um, we're Flyers NBA fans. Us, though, They're teetering on the NFL like, playoff or NHL playoff in uh, Let's talk about in or Sixers here. If they were, like, maybe, I don't know,
1: 20% better, all right? So let's say they were better, like, maybe on, like, I say bottom half, meaning, like, more towards the middle of the pack of the lottery, but not good enough. So not good enough to really win the lottery. Not really good enough to um, make the playoffs. But, like, that sub-mediocre level, that would definitely be worse because at least the Sixers are being talked about. Now I know, like a lot of people true. are talking about them in a negative way.
0: Like, they want to change what rules doing because of them.
1: But like you know, I, I look at it a little differently. At least they're being talked about. At least they're they're relevant. Now they may not be relevant in the competitive standpoint, but they are relevant. You know, like they've they've got potentially nine picks this year. That sounds crazy because we talk a lot of NFL. Yeah, draft. six so of them the, NFL are in the draft, second round or something. So the NFL draft is seven rounds. Right. NBA draft okay. is two, <laughs> two rounds. Nine picks in two rounds. That's crazy. But yeah, a
0: lot of them are in the second round, and who knows? Like, but what I, I like, know. I don't. Do you? You don't get ESPN the magazine anymore. I don't. I and, don't. And the only reason I still get it and subscribe to anything through ESPN is because I use it for my work for Draft Tech. I'm actually kind of required to do that. Right. 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 Um, you get the insider stuff. So uh, it's uh, one of those things where I kind of have to. Um, use it. So I'm going to get the magazine and I'll read a couple of articles here and there every so often. Uh, and the one that came out this past week was, or whenever the, the publication date is, but it was the uh, analytics uh, issue. And they had an entire thing on the 76ers, which was really interesting. And not being a basketball fan, but being a huge analytics statistics guy, it was very interesting to read about basketball's use. And that's like the 76ers are driving that in the NBA because that's what they're using. It's almost like Moneyball for basketball is kind of what they're trying to do. Right. And and, and then the second round picks have a lot to do with right. that. And it's funny because they they
1: didn't they rank every like major professional all, every, for every guys.
0: single sport and the Sixers were high up there and the right. Phillies were like right. second or third last. Right, right, like Phillies were amongst the absolute worst in all of the sports of using analytics. And Flyers weren't that high either. They weren't right. like in the bottom right. half. Or they were in the bottom half but not like the bottom I if that has changed at all since Hextall has wanted to make I imagine
1: it didn't hurt them when Hextall I came I think,
0: on. actually, all the teams we favor on the rise, even the Phillies. And when you're that terrible, obviously you're going to go up. But they hired someone last year as an extern from MLB to kind of start an analytics, statistical analysis department. And they actually brought him on the payroll and have a department. So the Phillies are rising. I just told you before the show, a guy that I have some limited interaction with from the Dolphins was head of their analytics program. And he just was promoted yesterday to director of analytics for the Dolphins. I I would be interested
1: to know, like, and not let me rephrase it. I'd be interested to know the outcome of this. I wouldn't be interested to actually do this, but to like watch the broadcasts and everything from this past season versus like two seasons ago in the NFL and see how many times just the word like, um, like metrics or like um, second level stats or whatever those terms are that they use, those next level stats where, they're just talking about those more analytic aspects of the game. You know, we're not necessarily just looking at you know straight passing yards. They're they're breaking it down a little bit more. Um, I'd be interested to see just in terms of how much more often that was mentioned this right. year on the broadcast a couple year. years. I ago. remember a couple of years ago watching the Super Bowl. They, they did a thing where like there were like two commercials that had hashtags mentioned or like on the screen in the commercials. But
0: well, now, and now it's like then. blown up and it's
1: everywhere. You know, because that's just a thing now, you right. know, and it, it's just funny to see how, you know, you just need that tipping point and then it just kind of explodes. Baseball is recent, but actually maybe the they're really working.
0: Now. They're working their way right. to right. that the point. The Phillies are just
1: going to be on the outside of that giant snowball because they were way downhill and one of the last to get pulled in on it. Whereas you have, like, the Sixers who were, let's be honest, that good. I know some people are mad because they're like, yeah, but they made the playoffs a few years ago and they beat the Bulls. Yeah, they beat the Bulls because Derrick Rose blew out his ACL. Like, they didn't have a shot in that series until Derrick Rose blew out his ACL. They might win a game, maybe two games. There's no way they're beating them in a best-of-seven series. And they got to it because Derrick Rose blew out his ACL and the team was stumbling. Like, not like Derrick Rose blew out his ACL you know, weeks before and they had time to prepare. No, in the series, Derek Rose blew out of the CDL. Right. They didn't have time to prep or anything. Like, if you're the Sixers, I know people are angry, but yeah, listen, you're you're all in on this. The guy I feel bad for, I don't feel bad for the players. I feel bad for Prep Brown. He finally gets a chance to be a coach. I just hope that if he wants to stay, he has the opportunity to stay and see it through. You know, like I would right. imagine they're gonna give Sam Hinky the opportunity to see it through. But imagine that Sam Hinkie would let Brett Brown see it through as long as Brett Brown wants to be there. You talk about the toll that the loser takes on some of the young players. Well, you know what? I think the toll on the coach, too. He oh, might, yeah. He might just want to be like, listen, I want to go be an assistant somewhere else, guys. Because I think the rest of the league would kind of forgive him for like not wanting to stick through this, this Sixers rebuild, if you want to call it that. So I, um, I, it's just, I, I don't know. It's interesting to see you know, teams that literally are just a few hundred yards apart from where their from where their offices are, um, at least for now, the Sixers are moving. I know they're building that new facility, but it, it it's interesting to see how far apart they actually are in terms of their philosophies. At least at this point, we'll see if that gap closes. Though
0: now, I, I this is always hard to do without doing some scientific study. But you know, the top ten teams, and I'll read them off here according to ESPN, the evaluation of analytics department. Top ten teams are relatively successful or are building to that. Is that because they ranked the analytics department and that's how it ended up happening. Or are they looking at, look how good these teams are. The analytics department, you know, it's one of those things you'd have to dive into how did they get to this, but obviously they don't explain their, uh, their, their journey to these rankings, but the Sixers not only were in the top, they were number one. The 76ers were ranked number one in analytics, um, using them to adapt to their sports philosophy. So Philadelphia 76ers, number one, the other so top definitely teams. Definitely not looking at the product. No, they, it couldn't <laughs> be completely, but you, be the 76ers, put it out there that this is what they're doing right like they're going so you knew that this is what they're doing so much obviously like, much like billy bean did
1: with Moneyball uh-huh. in oakland he said yeah we're going to have people who are you know i know the movie's not exactly how it went down, but you know there are a lot of people who are like this is going to be junk you're going to like work your way out of baseball well no no he didn't no he didn't um and you know the sixers it's kind of same thing a lot of people are like same thing he to get himself fired never get a chance listen the owner had to know what he was getting into when you when you hired him. Like, you know, Stonehenge hasn't, like, come in and done something else. Like, this is who he is. This is the philosophy that he believes in. And, like, that's the way they've got to go now.
0: The uh, number two team is the Houston Astros, who uh, have been kind of relatively worse than mediocre, downright terrible over the last few seasons. But they're slowly rising. They have guys and – Probably a credit to the analytics department to find these guys. High draft picks surely help as well. But you're also going to draft the high draft pick maybe that you are more comfortable with based on those sabermetrics and the second-level stats and things like that. Next is the Houston Rockets, who I believe Sam Hinkie has a relationship with. He worked with Houston before. So he has their, his handprint over them a little bit, at least in the past. Next has been the Rays, who have been a successful baseball team of the last decade. Uh, ditto for the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Spurs, the Mavericks, The Athletics, you got Moneyball right there, and then the Blackhawks. Of those teams, the 76ers and Astros are the worst. They're the two at the top. And the Rockets, I guess, championship-wise, don't have the success, but they're building a team, James Harden uh, being there, and someone you like now for punching LeBron James in the groin or something. I just saw the headline. I'm like, oh, I like James Harden. Um, So the top three teams don't have the championship success, at least right now at this time. But the ones behind them, I mean, even the Rays haven't won it, but they've been there. They've right, been they've good. Been they've, they've been, been to the competing playoffs. for it. But yeah. Red Sox, Yankees, Spurs, Mavericks have all won a championship in the last ten years, five years really. Well, I guess the Yankees it's six years now. But, uh, ditto for the Blackhawks, who are expected to be a contention there again. And Oakland competes every year. And you know, even right. with the crappy payroll, the crappy right. stadium, athletics are literally is crappy. There. There's, yeah. l- There's all little crap in the room, everywhere room, all the time. Um, so obviously, those top ten teams. Um, either are building towards a contender or are perennial contenders for at least the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and um, we were just talking about how this is, you know, analytics has just exploded. Um, you know, another tie kind of to our show in terms of things we talk about. Um, there was just a conference on analytics and you know their involvement in in coaches' decision and program decisions and things like that. And James Franklin actually was a, a speaker. He was or was it a guest. I guess I should say. Um, at the recent conference at MIT, um, and it's just interesting because they talk about how, you know, there was a lot of talk over the last few years about how Penn State took a different approach than a lot of schools, um, because they didn't have the luxury of missing on on guys and you right. know the things they needed to do, um, it was a little different, and just some of the guys they've they've brought in, it, it kind of have a, adapted to that, and um, you know. You don't see it a ton at the college level because it's a whole different animal right now, but eventually you will, Like I think, at, to some degree. You, yeah. You're going to see that at the college level as well.
0: Yeah, it's just – it's harder to quantify because, you know, uh, at least in well, – You don't have the insight into the – Right. You're, you're dealing with high school kids going to college instead right. of college going to a professional, and there's just such a huge gap between college, oh, high yeah. school, and college, and college and professional. Um, but anyways – so let's talk a little bit. I know we were getting into an analytics thing, which is fine. We really had no direction for this show. We were just kind of talk sports kind of like we do. Which we whenever were a we're little together. worried that we weren't going to have anything to talk about. Yeah, 15 <laughs> minutes into the show, we haven't even done a contact us yet. Um, but let, let's quick divert before we dive in a little bit more into this analytics talk and uh, everything else that's happened um, in the two plus weeks since we've been on the air. Um, and we'll do the contact us here. We'll send out the contact information. So um, there's multiple ways you can do that, and Justin's going to pass along that information right now. Yeah, we'd love to have you contact the
1: show. Um, you can do that a couple different ways. Uh, one way, you can call the show at Works Best. Um, the number to call us, you can use the Maze Sandwich Shop hotline at 530 563 6297. You can also use the Maze Sandwich Box on the Maze <laughs> Sandwich Shop inbox, I mean, I guess you could get your sandwiches in boxes there um, but uh, that email i <laughs> no, we is don't do that joe mays and jraf at gmail.com. again Joe mays and jrap at gmail.com. uh we're also on social media so you can you can find us all over the place there
0: yeah in addition to uh the email the phone you can find us on facebook and twitter facebook is uh jo- just search for the Joe mays and jrap show uh twitter we're at Joe mays and jrap And also I'd like to point out that we can also receive text. Obviously, if you have our personal numbers, you can text us there, but you can also text the show, uh, at two one five three one five three one nine nine. Again, you can send us a text. If you don't have our numbers at two one five three one five three one nine nine. All right. So, um, back to the analytics issue at hand. And, um, we're going to just – I'm going to go through where the Philadelphia teams are in terms of ESPN talking about if basically do they use it or do they not. And we've already kind of touched on this. The 76ers, obviously, they use it. They're ranked number one in all of American professional sports as being all in with analytics. Near the bottom, and I don't know exactly right here off the top of my head um, where the, the Phillies rank, but they are – last or tied for last with the Miami Marlins as non-believers. And I did mention that I think this was done possibly before more information came out, um, from Ruben tomorrow and, uh, um, yeah. the Phillies front office. And, and, and I, management. I would imagine
1: almost had to have come out like before, you know, like, or be compiled before. Cause it isn't a piece you just put together, like, you know, overnight. Um, yeah, and this is something they clearly have been working on for a while. The Phillies are in their category that they consider non-believers.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. uh,
1: you know, tough tough sell there. Uh and anyone that follows the Phillies, like we do, they're clearly non-believers in Yeah. You know, to and, this point, they've tried to make some changes, but we'll see we'll see how those changes actually apply. Now, to be fair, they're not it's not like you can just switch. You know what I mean? Like right. you can switch philosophy that doesn't necessarily change the guys you have on the field. You know, and you, you got to let contract situations play themselves out and, and things like that. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how how this goes uh, moving forward.
0: Yeah. And um, now in the NHL, we talked about the Flyers are kind of middle of the pack. They're classified as one foot in, um, and that is really the middle. There's non believers, skeptics, one foot in, believers, and all in. In the NHL, only the Blackhawks are considered all in but there's a group of uh, looks like about 12 or 13 teams that are considered believers. And then the flyers are part of one foot in, but like you mentioned, I would think at least a couple of years ago, if not even last year, they probably would have been a skeptic, but Hextall is moving them more towards using these, these upper level statistics and, and ranking people individually based on a whole bunch of things, not just standard assists, goals, plus, plus minus, minus, penalties, right. and minutes, and you know save percentage there There's a whole bunch of different things that they can go through. Um, the Flyers are, are, are trending upward, like the Phillies. Sixers really can't go much higher. And then you have the NFL. Again, they're only um, the only problem with the NFL is that, and, and this is broken down a bit in the article, is that it's probably the most difficult sport to have individual statistics because pretty much every single player depends on someone else so it's really hard to break it down to individuals uh, a lot of places are trying to do that i love football outsiders and, and pro football reference um which is just a static accumulation it's not they don't really do too much uh, uh creating statistics uh although i do love their approximate value Uh but the other big one is um no, I can't pro football um, football outsiders, pro football focus, pro football references are all great places for stats. And, and uh, you know, as close as you get as to sabermetrics for the NFL as you can. Um, you might hear them talk about D- Um and they also rank individual players by position. So it's really a great tool to have, but in the NFL, because it's somewhat new and very difficult to do, there are none that are classified as all into the analytics and statistics pool. Um, There's a bunch of teams that are considered believers. Um, I think there's nine teams. One of them is the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, they're probably, I guess in all of pro sports in the top third, which is a good place to be, at least if you buy into this kind of stuff, which I, you know, I do. And it seems like you probably do too. I do. Yeah, I do. Um,
1: In terms of buy-in, I don't think that you necessarily have to do it to be successful. Like, and I know this comes up in baseball a lot in baseball. Um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily like one of the purists, but like, I hate the idea of like speeding up the game and stuff. I know that's unrelated to analytics and things like that, but like, so in some ways I am one of the baseball purists, but like, Hey, I, I understand. And I completely can, can go with some of the these le- stats, but I'm okay. If teams decide not to, you know, like I don't think they need it to be successful. But I think where you find some problems is where you you kind of get caught in the middle, um, like where you're making some decisions based off of analytics and some not. Like, I, I kind of worry about, all right, well, are they going to kind of have conflicting interests there at some time? Like, how do you, how do you make those decisions? As long as it's thought through, like, I'm okay. But, like, you know, when you have – like, I'd rather a team be all in or a skeptic or, you know, or – almost like a non-believer like kind of half in half out i just i kind of wonder like what does that entail does that you mean like you know some decisions um you know on like personnel decisions are we use the the, some more of the advanced metrics but in terms of like game managing decisions we don't or you know like that's kind of what i would want to like a breakdown of or, or like you know sometimes basically what i'm saying is i don't want it to be like in baseball for example i don't want We're not going to bunt because the metrics tell us not to bunt. Right. And then other times you do bunt. Like, that's what I don't want. Either, like, you're all in and we're not going to bunt. Okay. Like, because the metrics tell us it's better not to. Or, listen, we're going to bunt sometimes. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, I'm okay with both of those. But, like, using the metrics to defend it sometimes and doing those exact things, I feel that that can happen if you're caught in the middle. Like, I... So, like, if you have a GM who's all-in on metrics, I think you should have a manager or a coach who's all-in on metrics. And that's what I think has happened to the Eagles, who, if we go back to the, you know, right. you don't have to put up. Um, but the Eagles were in that highest of the NFL categories because there were no, all, no in. all in. They were in believers. the believers. And, like, I, I think that's the way they've gone. Like, giving Chip Kelly more power. We talked about this a little bit, you know, a month or so ago. I think if you're going with Chip Telly as your coach, who's clearly like this different guy as the coach, let let him make more of the decisions. You need more of, like, you can't be going back and forth. You can't have one guy going like, you know what, my gut tells me I need right. this guy. Now and you, you're using metrics on every other position. No, don't do that. Like, either use the metrics or not. Which leads to some interesting conversations for the Eagles as we move forward over the next two months about who they're going to take in the draft and what they're going to do with draft picks. Right. And in those kinds of decisions, like, all right, well, like, if they, if Chipotle's into using, and the Eagles are into metrics and all those things, that's fine. If the metrics tell you to make a move for Mariota, okay. But if you're taking Mariota on the gut, then I'm like, well, why are we using all these metrics for some things The gut decisions? Now, again, I, I don't know. It, it's so confusing in that sense, just because you're like, well, what do you do with like, so much of coaching, it seems, comes down to gut decisions. You could argue that a lot of that is you processing those metrics, maybe not the math of those, but that while being you know, on your own, just from your experiences. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's, the more you dig into it, the more you have to kind of deal with. And sometimes in those moment decisions, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. But it, I don't think having more information can be a bad thing. You know, like – and when you look at these teams, like the Sixers, the Sixers need to completely rebuild. How is having the most information and going with a common theme to build your team from, from nothing,
0: how is that a bad thing? Like, I don't get how, that, how that's a bad right. thing, you know. That's my take on it. Now, um, I do want to point out that, you know, we said the 76ers were number one, and we said that the Phillies were one of the worst, if not the worst in the major league. And near the bottom, you know, in the bottom 10, near the bottom overall, they actually were last. Phillies were ranked yeah. 122nd. Yeah. Now, I, I know that that's trending upwards. Obviously, there isn't too much higher they can go. or there, There's a lot higher than go. They can't go any lower. So, that's going to jump next year at this time. Hopefully, we see the Phillies in at least the top 100. Hopefully, they jump to 27 20 teams. Uh, so, Sixers won. Phillies 122. we got some Philadelphia bookends. Eagles probably in the top third. They don't break it down and list all of them. They kind of just do top 10 and bottom 10. Uh, uh, Dolphins are part of one foot in in the nfl so they're in the middle of the pack uh i ha- got a text two texts from my dad first is he wants to know if we're doing the march madness pool because he wants to win again i've
1: got some questions on that too yeah right, i guess people I people questions.
0: really look forward Of all the stuff we've done apparently the uh
1: the march well, madness pool is one people that look people like us being nice enough to let
0: them to let, us so that they feel so the, good about and they it. can come on the show i mean there's so many people that just want to come on the show no it's just it's it's, it may we just have a long list to say hey you want to get on the show you got to win the march madness so yes we will be doing the march madness pool. that'll probably actually be our next show i'll touch on that at the end uh but selection sunday will probably be the next show and we'll unveil later that evening we'll send out links for a link to our uh, bracket challenge which we'll do again uh but the second one from my dad he wants to know where his cowboys um and actually uh, Dad, the Cowboys, they're um, not in the top 10 overall. But they're one of the believers in the NFL, right in there with uh, the Eagles. We mentioned other teams that are believers in the NFL are the Falcons, the Ravens, the Browns, Jaguars, Chiefs, Patriots, and 49ers are with the Cowboys and Eagles, classified as believers in the uh, analytics and upper level statistics or new age things right. that are coming out. It's interesting to see because you point out, all right, Eagles have been wildly successful the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Ditto for the Patriots. Cowboys this year, not so much too much in the last two decades, but this year they had a resurgence. Ravens, very good. Falcons had a couple good years, but then you have teams like the Browns, the Jaguars, uh, and the Chiefs. You know, you're just kind of like, well, I mean, some of those teams make it look good, but then there's a few that you're like, well, if they're using it, how is that helping? Yeah. So – I I think some of those,
1: you
0: know, when when we look at
1: it, it's just, you know, again, we don't know exactly how they how they broke down every single team. But, you know, I, I think some of those, like you said, like it doesn't surprise me at all that the Patriots are in that group.
0: No, uh, not at all. I probably would have been well, shocked like, if they weren't. Like
1: Browns, I'm kind of surprised because they fire their coaches and people <laughs> right there, like, and the other people just leave. Um, I did get a message saying, like, our second season – that we did the uh, pool, the winner was not on the show. Jamie was not
0: on the show. Oh, well, she's more than welcome to be join Sam. We offer Sam. Bring Austin along. We'll have a big family get together. Maybe yeah. we'll invite uh, Kelly and Nally come down and we can just have the kids screaming at each other. <laughs> that, that'd be a lot of fun. But show you know, hey, Maybe we'll have to have Jamie on. Um, They'll have to get that done. They'll probably win this year, potentially to start hosting. <laughs> oh, great. Well, you know, I'm some always looking for an upgrade. So. ARAF would still work. <laughs> that, that would work. That's great. We wouldn't have to get new shirts, new signs, or anything. Uh, but in, in the NFL, crappy teams are an anomaly in terms of the believers. Like, I think it's – I think if you went oh, yeah. down the whole list, I think it's probably better to use these advanced metrics because in the skeptics, you have teams that have been historically over the last couple decades pretty terrible – the the Rams, since, you know, greater show on turf, what have they done since 2001? Nothing. Not much. The Steelers are an outlier in in this because, and probably the Giants, although it was really so those two years. Like, outside of 07 and 11, what have they done in the last 15 years? They they had two great runs, and you won the Super Bowl. Awesome. Right. But outside of that, they're not consistently challengers. They're
1: consistently old, and they're consistently overmatched in positions. Like, those years, they had great defenses. Right. They... They've not been put in like I know they've had some defenses other years, but not for a few years. They've been awful on defense the last few yeah. years.
0: Um, and then you have the Saints, who if they don't have Breeze, that team I think is terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at them. Maybe trending Breeze, downwards. And Breeze look what wasn't
1: themselves, and they were awful. You know, um, yeah, and that, yeah. When you look at skeptics, skeptic, <coughs> you look in there. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Arizona. Arians is obviously safe because of what they just did. (laughs) Carolina. If they don't have a good year this year, their coach could still be gone. I know they made the playoffs. Yeah, but but they're – They're (laughs) constantly looking for Ron Rear to go. Now – Cincinnati Bengals. Again, if they don't have a good year, their coach is gone. Right. And can't can't win in the playoffs. So, like, they're going to – But manning has gone after this year. Right. And it's going to be be interesting because they're going to have a job. Detroit Lions. um, I think – I can't think of the guy's name that's there, but like he hasn't gone in the, the right tentator, direction. I think. Jim Caldwell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Houston Tex- Texans, I think they're okay. Um,
0: Indianapolis Colts. It, yeah. The thing about that is, like, if like, you it, don't have a franchise quarterback in Manning or Luck, right. the Colts probably not anything. Right. And then if you look
1: at the top, though, it, it's kind of interesting to look at some of those because like 49ers, do they have a franchise quarterback? I think there's some question of that. A lot of people think Kaepernick's a guy, and I agree with that. I, I mean, I can I can understand that. But like, the, do they have a guy? I don't know. Do the Eagles? A lot of a lot of doubt there too. Like, you know, you go through it, it's kind
0: of all over the place. But
1: when you go to the non-believers, yeah, the non-believers oh.
0: just emphasize the oh. point. Um, first of all, you have the Jets and Redskins who have been god awful. For for a number of years. I know at the beginning of the Rex Ryan tenure, he had the Jets there, but they were buying into Mark Sanchez, which everyone should have known that that wasn't going to work out. The Reds could have been just Didn't awful. Didn't just awful get hired? hired. Didn't Izzy just get hired for a Soft position somewhere? I was Tanabom to with is, my Dolphin. Oh, not that, a, not, not as somewhere. general right. manager. Tannabon general manager.
1: might have been the Jags.
0: Like, yeah, you're right. Or even interviewing for it. Right, right, right. But then yeah, he might not have got. Then it. you have the Chargers of this list. The Chargers are probably the most successful team of the non-believers. The only team on there with a proven quarterback that
1: can do something. And I'm not a huge Philip Rivers fan, but of of those teams, the Jets, Chargers, yeah. Titans, and Redskins, the only one with a proven quarterback right. is the are you going to
0: take Mike Vick, Geno Smith, Philip Rivers. Jake Locker or Zach Mettenberger or Robert Griffin or Kirk Cousins. Philip Rivers is by far he's the been best a, quarterback. He, he's better than all of them combined.
1: Yeah, like Vic, like a decade and a half ago, yeah, he would have, he would have been by far your best in that group.
0: And Robert Griffin a rookie, as a rookie, <laughs> he, he was pretty good. Um, so I just think if you went through it, if you run a statistical analysis, oh, the statistical analysis ranking. I just think it would correlate to the successful teams over the last decade are probably the ones that have been bought into this, you know. And that's just a correlation. Obviously, advanced statistics doesn't mean that there's a causation, but there's a correlation there that the teams that are buying into uh, upper-level statistics are producing more on the field, more consistently probably winning games, more consistently winning division titles, making the playoffs, and challenging for conference championships and Super Bowls. And that's what you want.
1: Right. And and that leads to an interesting thing. Like, if we talk about, you know, Having like a consist, like consistency, building consistency, which is a lot of what the numbers are based on. You want to do what's going to work most of the time. It may not be. It's usually not the biggest gamble. You know, it's usually the most sure thing is what you're going to do in, in these analytics, right? Which leads to an interesting thing because Oakland kind of introduced this at least mainstream-wise to the bigger group with Billy Bean and and Oakland and Moneyball and all that stuff. And this year, like last season, baseball season. They kinda of like it's it appears that they kind of like threw that out the window and they went and got everyone, you know, and it did work. And then they traded everyone away. They got rid of them. like, we're gonna run and now we're going back to you know what got us here. They
0: now. tried to buy in, it didn't work out, but they're still there, they're not in salary cap hell hell, which a lot of teams, especially in oh, the NFL, yeah. tend to be. I mean, but that's the thing. Some of those teams that have recent success but don't buy in the analytics, they're the ones that have the seller cap issues. Because we sh- the right. well, not, they weren't non-believers; they were skeptics. The Steelers, the Saints, the Steelers had to put a very good product, on. challenging for division titles when I didn't think they had any chance. This year they they end up winning now. They fall to the Ravens in the first they, round. But they have to restructure. They, they have contracts to, every year. They have to sign Ben Roethlisberger. You would think. I mean, unless they start using analytics and say, "Hey, when a quarterback gets older, he tends to drop off." Let's right. not waste the money. Yeah. Let's re- extend it for a honest. year or two. Like in this,
1: imagine trying to make that sell. Like I'm not saying it's the right decision to make. Imagine being like, listen, you know what? We're gonna let Ben go and we're gonna try someone out. Like obviously that's I feel not like what they're gonna do. You could life.
0: do that if you had someone in place. Like they don't have anyone in place you wouldn't have nothing in place. Which means but that leads Didn't to Didn't they a... take Landry Jones right. in the late rounds over right. the last few years? Well and you look and you look in
1: in the NFL, so much of the drafts are, are made out to be personal. You know, like if they
0: draft a quarterback
1: in the first day or two Everybody's going to freak out. Well, the first out. day,
0: everyone would freak out. Not only yeah. the first round. But, like, if they, even if they draft the a quarterback on day two, they're going to,
1: everybody's freak out. Yeah, second or third round.
0: Everybody'll freak like, out. Oh well, my gosh, it happened spending, last year. That
1: needs so much help.
0: With the Patriots. Yeah. did they get Garoppolo, yeah. Garoppolo yeah. in the third round? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was fourth. I can't recall. Either second. Like everybody's like, oh, and then well, yeah. they start out. To they pretty much say they're like, right. Garoppolo is the future. The right. Patriot. Right. Patriots I know someone has been hyping up that Brady had his career is New England. That's what it's not like they're saying because there'll come a time where he's making too much. They can't keep restructuring, moving it on. That they think that he'll end up being released and playing somewhere else for a year or two, like Farvin and Manning. Well, I, I think New England has more ties to Tom Brady
1: than Tom Brady does to New England. In the but. That that's a year to year thing in the NFL. You see, we saw it this week. Those NFL contracts don't mean anything past the year you are in. They mean nothing. Like it's all about, and they've talked about this more. It's all about guaranteed money, and your signing bonus. Like that's that's basically what it comes down to. Because they always talk about uh, Tom Brady's go pay cut. No, he didn't. He restructured his deal so he gets more guaranteed and less like during the season. You know, like he like restructures it all the time, and it does help the team. But it's not. You know, it's not like he's like, oh, pay less, guys. That that would be fantastic. Yeah. No. But and you're right. Someday that's going to come. Like, they're going to need to get some other pieces in place. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they've let everyone else go. Like, everyone they,
0: else. I mean, I, I don't want to say that they're not loyal, but they know how to run. The Patriots are, the, are a business. Like, they know how they to are, operate. They are loyal to the Of the team, yeah, right. That's exactly the perfect way to
1: put it. Parts like, unless you were Tom Brady to this point, you know, and I say to this point, I do not cut shit in this offseason or anything like that, but like, you know, maybe after next
0: year, you never know, right? Well, you have have Robert Kraft, who's the owner in this, you know, allegory. The owner, he's not going anywhere, but Bill Belichick is the CEO, he's pretty safe too. And then Tom Brady's the president, you know, there's right. this chain that goes right. down, but the president can get ousted a lot easier than the CEO will. Same thing goes to the CEO versus the owner. Right. I mean, you know, obviously with big corporations, you have a board and all that crap right. that goes on there, but you know, there's this, there's this hierarchy in place and the Patriots are loyal to the one at the top. I mean, even above Robert Kraft, the ownership is the Patriots as a team, as a group, right. as and, a squad. Right. And and nothing
1: has exemplified that more than the decisions that have been made by Bill Belichick and
0: his front office and Robert and Kraft.
1: Kraft like, and so you have to think that – let's just think, is there – this will sound terrible. And I know it's the persona he gives off, but is there a more heartless coach that would just say, I know you've done a lot for me, Tom, but – It's luck. time to move on. Yeah. If someone's going to do it, it's right, him. Right, exactly. And I know that's the persona he gives off because the players – a lot of players, I shouldn't say all – a lot of players love playing for him, and they don't want to leave when they have to leave. But, like, I, I can absolutely see him doing it. And like, it's
0: one of those things, though, but I think Brady understands that, and he would be
1: I think he knows. mad
0: about going out, respect the decision, but still want to stick it to him. I think, like, I and, think you can I still think have respect but all still all be upset. It's all part of the give and take with the
1: team. He allows the team to have more flexibility but he knows they don't always use it the way he wants it to be used. So, you know, like, he wanted – they got him to restructure a deal a few years ago. But, like, basically everyone said, because he, he thought that meant they were going to go get Wes Welker. Well, they didn't. Well, it turns out that was a
0: good move for them. Yeah. But – like because of analytics.
1: Right. But, you know, it still wasn't real popular with Tom Brady at the time. There, you know, he's got to know, listen, you're going to give me more guaranteed money because I know someday you're going to cut me, you know, <laughs> or not, you know. We're going to, this is going to end, and I will have gotten the money that I would have gotten over the long term here, you know. Like, right. And that's basically how it works out. Though we're going to free up more money for us, and essentially we're going to give you more guaranteed money, you know. So that works out for both of us. I think that's how it's working out. And you know, people will. We talk about Pittsburgh getting rid of Roethlisberger,
0: New England getting mean, rid of Brady. That's even. Like, it'll be insane. Yeah. I think it's going to happen at some point. All right. I think in the last five minutes we'll do an interesting thing. Um, I, because of my work with Draft Tech, I have a premium subscription through Pro Football Focus. So I think we should go through um, maybe what us watching football, relating to players' names, uh, seeing it on TV, seeing hearing the media talk about, it, and just the names of players who are the best at the positions this year. Just you know, thinking about watching the game or hearing talk about it. Who who is the best? And where do some of the, your Eagles sit? Uh, yeah. um, but before we do that, it's kind of uh, um, interesting because my dad talks about Nick Foles here in the text. He says he heard rumors that the Rams are in, possibly in on Nick Foles. Um, I, I've heard that, too. So okay. I, that's not crazy. Okay. I know. And I where think do I sign? Most Eagles fans should be okay with that because, as I'm, I said— I'm not like we have to get rid of him, but if somebody wants him, then right. you're going to get something. And, up and we you. actually had a discussion last night. Um, producer Greg Hill uh, was driving us down to our dinner last night. And uh, we talked a little about the Eagles, the NFL draft, and he's talking about Nick Foles and are the Eagles gonna move up for Mariota and all this. And I was like, well, you know, if you throw Foles into that trade, you can't just be like, here, Nick Foles, give me your first round pick. Yeah, it's not that's not gonna work thing. like that. Um, but I have heard that rumor that the Rams w- my, may be interested. I don't know. Um, they hired some uh, some former quarterback who's working in the front office. The out there. I, I I can't remember what name, but he just praised. Um, Sam Bradford, who's obviously coming off two straight years of basically no playing time because of injuries. We'll see what happens there with him. But maybe the Rams would be a full possibility. Um, uh, Let's start at the the most important position on the, the field, the one that gets all the notoriety in the quarterback position. Who would you think, looking at this regardless, who is the best quarterback in the NFL this year? I probably would
1: say yeah, it it's tough cuz I'm now I, you know cuz I, you I looked the at super it Bowl, well and I can't get the super Bowl out of my head. Right. I would say Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And if I went on who did I think who do I think is was the best this year or who do I think is ranked the highest? Absolutely Aaron Rodgers because the numbers and things he puts up in Green Bay are absolutely ridiculous. I would pick him to be ranked number 1. Yes. I would pick Tom Brady as me, tough like he won the Super Bowl. That's obviously right. weighing in on it. Because I don't think I would have had him
0: ranked over Rodgers if he didn't win the How Super Bowl. How good would a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl have been? Not, I mean, obviously, Patriots-Seahawks is pretty incredible, too. Yep. But I guess I'm looking at from the quarterback. Right. Because I don't count Russell Wilson being up with those guys. Right. And looking at these, this is one of the sites that is the higher metrics, the second-level stats, as close to Sabre metrics as you can get for the NFL. This is pro football focused and they're um proprietary data sets, their overall quarterback rating system. It's not QBR like ESPN does. It's not quarterback rating that you can find anywhere on NFL.com statistics or anything. This is their proprietary stats coming together, giving you the overall best quarterback in terms of as a pure passer, as a runner, and in terms of penalty. And Aaron Rodgers is number one Uh, by a pretty substantial margin. He uh, is just ahead of crazy enough Drew Brees. That's the one that surprised me. Um, Because we just talked about the year Drew Brees had, the year Drew
1: Brees had, the year Drew Brees had. But, again, that's just looking at, you know, the outcomes.
0: The Saints were awful. Maybe that also shows that the players around him aren't very good. And
1: that's that's another key. A lot of people talk, and not that this was the entire thing, but they're like, a lot of people said over and over again. And, again, there's a correlation here, not necessarily causation, but Drew Brees really missed Darren Sproles this year. Oh, yeah. That's what a lot of people said. Because, while he's not the running back that gets the most handoffs there. He was the best running back they had. Yeah. Mark Ingram had a decent year. That, like He did. And I, I was happy for him because he had kind of been up and down while he was in there. But you, you could make an argument that by far the most dynamic and maybe the best running back they had was Aaron Sproles, and he wasn't there this year, and that's a big part of it.
0: Um, My dad sends in his guess for the top three, and he had Rodgers at the top, so he was right on that. Um, And I've looked at these stats so much that I knew that Aaron Rodgers was at the top. Um, so my dad says Rodgers, Brady, Roma would be his guess at top three. It's actually not that far off. No, it's not now, far Now, we off. said Rodgers was one, which we kind of figured out. Breed, maybe a surprise in second. Now, number three, I don't – maybe when you first say it, you might think, but then think about some of the games he had yeah. and how he carries that team. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger was third. Um, then Think about some of the games he had this year. He Didn't he throw over 500 two, yards? And back two, and back two games, games for or something? six touchdowns. Yeah, right. He had like a 1,000 yeah, yards and 12 touchdowns right. in two games or yeah. something like that. That's, um, that's and as much as people like to hate on him, and he didn't look good in the playoff game against the Ravens, you um, know, overall, full body of work. Again, what did we just talk about at the end of the show? I, I love,
1: especially, I'm getting more and more removed from it, but I loved the hate on Roethlisberger as much as <laughs> anyone. As much as anyone. He has... So little help. He had Antonio Brown, who who's good. Other than that, Le'Veon Bell, I guess, too. So he had a good running back, and a good wide receiver. But other than that, who he didn't have a really good offensive line. The offensive line was made by the running back, in my in my opinion, there because a lot of the same pieces that they've had for a couple years, um, you know, and they weren't that good. So I think Bell helped make that run that line more than.
0: And now he might be suspended the first two games of the year. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So like. I just look at some of these things like I think Roethlisberger is better than a lot of people think and that's crazy for me to say cuz I was always arguing he wasn't as good as a lot of people think. Yeah. Um but I think this past year he was incredible. Like I think as the team has got overall has gotten not maybe as strong like from position to position, he's gotten better. Right. Um but again, he makes a beating yep. of of these guys at the top. Let's look at these guys at the top. Aaron Rodgers he gets hurt, but I don't actually feel like Rodgers takes a beating. He does, I guess, but some of that comes from the division. Not in the same way that Roethlisberger right. does. Reed gets beat around, but he's a smaller guy. Roethlisberger this goes Roethlisberger, and then next to the touch on those picks that
0: uh, Tom Brady, that was Brady was fourth. Brady was fourth. Matt Ryan, who, Matt
1: Ryan, I don't feel like he ever gets touched. I know he gets sacked a bunch, but like that's because their offensive line is terrible. And, and uh, Tony Romo, Tony Romo, six right, who takes a beating, but like. A lot of that's because of his ability to extend the play, you know, which is also the same for Rosenberger. They get hit hard a lot because they, (laughs) you know, they are able to not be tackled by the first guy. And then they get crushed by the other guy. Sometimes a lot of times they make a big throw because they avoided that tackle. Um, But when I look at that, you know, I wouldn't say there's a ton of surprises. One one surprise would maybe be Peyton Manning. Way down a hand, Except his last quarter of the season Well it turns out he had a torn like quad or whatever. Something like like that, yeah. You know. And people are like, You throw with your arms. Yes, but if you listen to everyone talk, like Peyton Manning, more than any of those other guys, except maybe Brees, needs his legs to throw. You know, like he, he doesn't have the cannon arm he needs his legs
0: to put, you know, to really step into those throws. The crazy so. thing looking at these stats is that Peyton Manning's in the top 10. He, he's 10th. Right. And overall, when you, when you look at just passing, taking out running and right. Penalty, right. Um, he jumps up to eight, but overall, remember Aaron Rodgers was a 40. Peyton Manning's a 10. So that I just had four times better season passing than Peyton Manning in terms of these proprietary statistics, right. uh, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but, so this is that profootballfocus.com site. Um, you yeah you, you know, do the opposite. Look at the bottom. Blake Bortles worst quarterback in the league, followed next by Derek Derek Carr, Kyle, which Warden, is crazy because a lot of people Smith. really
1: high on Derek Carr. Right.
0: Apparently and he had a terrible Bortles, year. Like, you know like but they're both rookies. Right. It's kind of right. to be expected. Um, you know I, I don't know if any of these negative ones really shocked me, but look where Kaepernick is. Right. Twenty eighth uh, behind Sanchez, behind right. Sean Hill behind Foles, who was 25th. Right.
1: According to this, Foles is the lesser of two evils when you get to Foles and Sanchez. Oh,
0: well, yeah, but we knew that. Yeah. yeah, that, you, That's yeah. not a surprise at all. Um, but look how high Teddy Bridgewater was for yeah. his first year. People talk about how he had
1: a solid season there. You know, it was a quiet season, but a solid that's season. That's
0: good there. when you're a rookie, though. I, you don't yeah. need, like, look where Bortles and Carr are.
1: Like, Bridgewater Carr. came in later in the year. Yeah. Yeah. He was without Adrian Peterson. Right, without Peterson. You know, like, oh, my gosh. When you look at it, like, look, I know he didn't play a whole lot, but look where RG3 was.
0: Way down 33rd.
1: You know, Kirk was probably so high on him, and then he got exposed when he played, you know. He was 24th. Um, In know, front just, of goals.
0: Right, yeah. but <laughs> okay. and Now, but there's but 39 20, here, obviously. Tony Whitehurst. That yeah. is crazy. You know, Terry Whitehurst is better than Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's another thing. I guess that one's that one is, is eye-opening. Andy Dalton played essentially his entire team's snap count, and uh, he's 21st. He could very well be, and people have been saying, it's the weak link in Cincinnati. Yeah. And we they just gave you. him a contract extension. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this is fun, stats with this, and I love to do it, but we're pretty much out of time here. We'll come back in a couple of weeks and maybe address this as we do our draft previews, look at maybe some spots that – Specifically, the Eagles need to focus on, um, and obviously, Foles being down 25th on this list. Um, that doesn't give you a lot of confidence. And if you go back in time, I don't think he's actually that much better either. No, he was no. 17th in 2013. But think about how ridiculous his stats were in 2013 and to only be 17th. Only 17th, you know, right. Um, that tells, I say stats. He's touched
1: interception the Right, that was which pretty obviously
0: much isn't cool. everything, and that's what this is kind of saying. Right. Um, it's a fun site, and I'm glad that I have the premium access. And uh, while I still have it, I'm going to use it, and we'll we'll have fun with it in a couple weeks from now on a show as we were to the draft. Um, but uh, it's going to be
1: fun to follow that situation with the Eagles. Like, what is yeah. happening in that draft? You know, I don't I don't know. All right, it'll be crazy. I don't uh, know what I want either.
0: No. <laughs> you know. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had the privilege of going to the That was a ton of fun. They they broke through their goal of fifty thousand. They raised over sixty thousand. I think close to sixty-two thousand, or right around sixty-two thousand um, dollars, for the Four Diamonds Fund. Uh, we, we thank Ian Ross and uh, and um, Nate Bentz and all the guys and girls involved in the program, the advisors, everyone that invited us and helped us set up and just have such a great time. All the guys that we interviewed from from the, uh, the football team, and we got Preston Hoops on. I know he's been dying to come on the show. So we had a lot of g- good guys on the show, plus got to talk to uh, two four Diamonds families, which was a lot of fun, and uh, just a great, great time two weeks ago. Uh, then last week, the week that we were off, um, the main event at, in State College took place, uh, Dawn 2015, and they were, again, able to raise $13 million uh, the College of Earth and Mineral Sciences was, for the fifth-grade year, the number one independent organization. So, congratulations to everyone involved with the Ben State Dance Marathon. And shout-out to the College of EMS Dancers and our uh, our friend Amy Schneiderhand for dancing for the mystic State Blue Band. Got on stage and yeah. got to sing. Yeah, singing it up a little bit <laughs> on, yeah. on the last yeah. day. So, uh, congratulations to everyone involved in uh, the quest to conquer pediatric cancer. Uh, great events the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was watching online uh, all on this stream and it was just the energy after two straight days of, of being up and literally being up, standing up and no sleeping and everything. Just the energy in that room is still yeah. just kind of amazes me. Um,
0: no show next week. I will be in New York or on my way back from New York. So we won't be doing a show. I know off again, but that's just the way it works uh, in the springtime. We're busy people. Yeah, but uh, two weeks we'll be back. We'll be having Selection Sunday. So we'll talk about March Madness, What, how are the brackets going to shake out. We'll introduce our bracket challenge. It's a lot of good time there. And then when we're back, uh, probably the next two weeks, we'll uh, talk a little NFL draft, maybe do more analytics stuff. Eventually, we'll get to our baseball preview and all that good stuff. Um, any shout-outs, anything to add? I'm trying to think if I've got any birthdays or anything to mention. Not, not that I know. Yeah, I can't think. I know we touched on a lot about a couple that were right around Valentine's Day while we are at MiniCon. Um, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but we'll have to tackle it again well, in a few weeks.
1: our basketball expert had a birthday this oh, week. Oh, yes, you're
0: right. But I think we mentioned him at many times. I think we did, yeah. yeah. we'll yeah. say it again. Uh, happy belated birthday to Adam Fowler, who uh, maybe we'll have to talk about going on in two weeks if he uh, has the ability to, uh, to get away for an hour. We'd love to have him on and talk about uh, basketball because between the three of us, he obviously knows a ton more. Um I, I assume though Kentucky probably number one seed. That's probably my guess. Yeah I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. Alright, anything else to add? Uh no. Uh, we're good. All right. Thanks for joining us. This wraps up the hundred and sixty sixth episode of the Joe Maze and J show.
1: We hope you tune in every Sunday evening at six thirty for our sports. Until next time. I'm Joe <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Joe Maze.
0: Thanks for listening. Oh by the way, uh that dress was definitely black and blue. Thanks for listening to the Joe
1: Mays and J. Raf show. Don't forget, you can download each episode of the show from the podcast section of the iTunes Store. We'll see you next time, and thanks again for listening.